Hello everyone, I'm Kamal from São Paulo, Brazil. I'm a lover of the music. I'm a listener first. I'm a enthusiast, a student, a producer and MC. This is Radio Freedom. If you don't stand up for something, you'll fall for anything. Come on, listen, listen. Planet Earth, planet rap. The only segment showing station in the hip-hop world playing the hip-hop world. In the hip-hop world playing the hip-hop world. With Nico and I'm Kilwan. Hello and welcome to Planet Earth, Planet Rock, PEPR. This is our new series of conversations that we like to call PEPR, the Virtual World Tour. This is our episode one and my name is Ankelon Pekeni and I'm here with Miko Kapanen. Yes, it is very cool. It's very cool to be here, to be starting something new, something a little bit different on top of our usual PEPR things. In case you are new to join us, we have been doing the segment of international, the worldwide global hip-hop for Chuck D's and you don't stop radio show for 11 years now. We also have video versions of all these episodes and they can be found exclusively on Rap Station's RSTV app, which you can search from your app shop or go to www.rstvapp.com. There you can find the links for both Androids and iPhones as well as iPad. The audio is available wherever you get your podcast from more or less. We are on Spotify, Apple and Google Podcasts and elsewhere. Uh, you can always search us with the, with the name PPR the Virtual World Tour. Plus you can always catch us up in the mix on rapstation.com as well. Our first guest who we invited on our virtual couch is Kamau from Sao Paulo, Brazil. If you're not familiar with his work, no problem. And if you know him and his music, there's a lot for you here either way. Kamau started in music in 1997, having first been a skateboarder. He'll talk more about how he ended up where he ended up and also talk a little bit about Brazil beyond the cliches and stereotypes. A few pointers for the episode. At, at one point, we talk about a specific documentary film which is available on Netflix. Uh, I realized that we didn't get into the details of that uh, very much, actually. So if you have access to Netflix, you can watch it and find it, I think, worldwide. It is called Amarelo. It's all for yesterday. That is the name of the film, and it is by this artist called Emi Sida, who was on the come up together when Kamau was already doing his thing and their careers have been somewhat intermingled uh, up till today. It was a really fun interview. We had such a good time talking to Kamal and he generally is just a great person. Yeah, it is true. Sometimes in this hip-hop world, all participants sort of approach these things ego first, like conversation was a rap battle and perhaps this is getting a little bit better. But we were just having a bit of a laugh with Kamal, to be honest with you, while also getting insight to Brazilian hip-hop. Brazil as a country growing up with hip-hop in a non-English speaking country, international collaboration, so much more, like a lot more. So we began by talking to him about his latest collaborative EP and how the promotion of it is in the middle of Corona. A word of warning, just to note, there is some strong language here and there, nothing that should traumatize anybody, but just giving that heads up anyway, particularly if you are sensitive or in the company of children. But here is Kamal. Brazil is not that like it's kind of opening up, but I'm not in in a rush to uh, do sh live shows. But we are promoting it. I'm not good at it, and I'm independent, but I'm not really good at promoting myself. I, I don't even like send the links to people and, and stuff like that. 
but we are still promoting it. We have uh, a collab with a skateboarding brand that my friends work with, promoting that merch, promoting the the music as well. And we're getting a video ready for soon to be released soon. But the guy I work with that, that I released the EP with is not here right now because he went to another city for his daughter's birthday. And we're trying to, to work like that. But I'm not going out. I'm not really going out besides like going to see my parents or a little bit of digging and grocery shopping. But besides that, not much. So you're actually socially distancing still. Yeah. I, I, I think how, I was, was already doing that before the pandemic because I was in the studio 24-7. And when it hit, when it hit, I was like, the guy that owns the studio, because this is not my house, the guy that owns the place, he said, I don't want no one working in the studio because I don't want no one like walking around trying to get to the virus or, or stuff like that. Spreading or getting it. So I said, if I stay here, can I? He said, if you figure out a way, yeah. And he's listening to us like right now. <laughs> I wanted to ask you about that, that now you were saying that the kind of universe has aligned with your personality, with the social distancing, if that's what you're saying, that you were already social distancing before before the pandemic. But how is it? Like, how, like you've been pop releasing albums and projects for many, many years. How 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 is it then uh, doing trying to promote trying to make people aware of your things if you are if if it's something that really doesn't come naturally at all? Uh, I have some friends that that I work with, a publicist or or some other friends that work with that per se properly, but I've been like building my reputation around before social media and all that. So <laughs> yes. I've, I've, I've I'm kind of known. <laughs> quote unquote. But uh I got a name and my, my social media got like decent numbers. So whenever I post something, it kinda goes. I'm not like used to that, but I try to. I I, I always try to. And I I got a, a booking agent that sells my shows and that's the only I, I'm independent I've been independent since my beginning. So the booking agent they they work for me like try to 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 sell my my gigs but i've been walking around the pandemic like <laughs> I, i've been social distancing but every now and then i like go skateboarding or go record shopping meet some friends and i i'm always at my friends shows whenever i i'm not working so i'm not like really unseen like quasimodo I'm not, you, you, I'm you not are a MF the PR for your character. work. Mm. Yeah. And when was the beginning, Kamau? You've been independent since the beginning, you said. When was the beginning for you My with, beginning with hip-hop? was 97. Ah, yes. That's what I said to him. Yes. <laughs> because 97. And you mentioned skateboarding. skateboarding. Yeah. I've been skateboarding since 88 and been rapping since... Officially since '97, because here, and what's here the in Brazil, connection? we're not we're not like uh, the rap culture for us is not like that. We are introduced to it for in, in like uh, eight years old, seven like early ages. So in our early teens, we got introduced to it, and some people like jump straight into it. Like, yeah, I want to rap. I took my time because I respected the culture so much. I, I never thought I would be a rapper, but 
music taught me the English that I know, the word that I know. So I'm I'm glad that music and skateboarding took me around even when not leaving Sao Paulo. Because I was like it's, seeing skateboarding happening in California, seeing uh, rap happening, hip hop ha happening in New York or in California as well. And I started to like see myself there without being there. It's a funny one, the uh, the skateboarding, because it's, 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 it doesn't really have like an official link to hip hop as such, but it's very close to it. And it's, it's kind of one of those, like, almost like an unofficial kind of element somehow. Yeah. But uh, to you, it was uh, that was your gateway, I, I suppose, then to the, to the hip hop, yeah. Yeah, because the friend that that introduced me to, to hip hop, as I know, I met him through skateboarding. So what is it that attracted you to hip hop as a skateboarder? The music first, and then the the vibe when i when i started to uh to know what the lyrics were saying i was like yeah that's me they're talking about me in a way but the i, I was lucky to this friend that i i told you about his brother his older brother has a, a group and it happened to be to become the biggest hip-hop act in Brazil, Racionais MCs. So nice. I was there when they their first songs were placed in a compilation. I was there at their, their house. Like his older brother, that, that is a mentor to me and a friend and another brother to me as well, he got home and said, we got the name for the compilation, Black Conscious, how that? How does that sound? That is that good? And I, I was 12 and I was like, that sounds <laughs> like something. Yes. <laughs> and I got to the word as I know, and he was the one that gave me the spark to start rapping because we were coming back from a club one night. We live like, we live all close to each other. And he was like, why don't you rap? I said, why? Because you're listening to the lyrics from the, the American guys, the Brazilian guys, and you, you're rapping along. I think you got the the way to do it. I was like, no, I'll never be able to do things on the quality of the rap that I like. That's how I approached it. So I, I'm still trying to. I'm still get, trying to get to the Midnight Marauders level. You're, it's a work. It's a working progress. That's that. Yeah. That's that's really special. But it's also one of the important things is that what you had was a kind of a role model in your friend's older brother who was showing that it's possible. So it wasn't like uh, something that you kind of you didn't have to invent the wheel in that way. Yeah, yeah. But he was a DJ, and I was like seeing everyone passing through his house, like getting the, the guys from his group and Hasionais and guys from other groups that looked up to him and went there like to get like advices or just to rehearse or just to listen to music or hang out. So I was meeting all kinds of people that were already living the hip hop life. So you were immersed in it, you were exposed to kind it of. even before you knew that you had a place in it. When yeah. did you find your voice? When did you express through your own voice it was around 96 when he, he first asked me that question and 
since I was friends with his brother, he gave me the idea of uh, putting together a group with him, his brother that is a DJ, and another friend. So I was bugging him like, yeah, let's let's make this happen. Let's get together and and write and record and all that. And they were like, uh, I don't think so because they were about to to get in a group with another guy, and I was the the, the new one. I was their friend, but I didn't rap or anything. So they didn't like thought I could do it. And but they hadn't seen you do it yet. Yeah, n neither neither did I. <laughs> I did like <laughs> when I was 15, I did something at school, but that was it. Yeah. And I was like I wasn't like serious. So I was bugging them, but they didn't see me doing it and like they didn't see me like rapping or writing or anything. But I wanted them to start that with me. So one night we were at, at the DJ's house and I wrote something to a The group home intro. I can't say the sample. Can't sample snitch. But uh, <laughs> <laughs> that's, how, that's how much I respect the culture. Yeah. Nice one. And when I wrote to that, they were like, I was like, yeah, that, that, was, that will be our, our group's name, uh, Consequencia, Consequence. And they were like, he's got, he's got it all figured out. So why not? Because the other guy vanished from the from the from from us. Like he went away from us, and we didn't know didn't know what happened to him. He was uh, about to become a father, and we didn't know that. So that's okay. why he he disappeared for disappeared. a while. And when he came back, we were already like making stuff happen, and. From that, from that moment, things kind of worked in our in our favor because '97, I had we had our first show. It was a small one; no one like there was a few people in the crowd, and we were like uh, just uh, rapping one song, performing one song in a group's set. In an, another group set, yeah. the second one, I remember it was August twenty third, ninety seven. Second one, when I was leaving my house, I had a, a VHS camera, uh, the small one. Mm -hmm. My my dad mm -hmm. said, "Ain't you taking the camera?" Nah, MTV will be there. <laughs> And you like, knew I, I this. said, you like like, this. like it was nothing, but we were the first group to perform. On a, a, a huge bill that had a, a lot of big names in Brazil, even Hacionais, and we were opening for Taiji Jijayun, that are pioneers from the São Bento scene that is kind of like our Bronx, because it was a subway station that had uh, hip hop meetings with the B boys, B girls, and people rapping and meeting each other. So we, we were the opening act for them. And then when we got off the stage, MTV came to interview us. And I was <laughs> As like, you had oh. thought. According to the plan. Yeah. yeah. And I was like, oh. Yeah. <laughs> so like two years later, two, two years later, we were like kind of slowing down because I was also you know, at the university studying math. 
So I was out of town for like every every week. Uh, weekdays I would be there. Weekends I I'd be here. And the DJ told me, yeah, we were invited to open do uh, to do a show opening for a big group that you like. I was like, okay, who are they? It was De La. <laughs> De La Soul. Oh. Two years of here. rapping. Yeah. And we were opening yeah. for De La Soul. And we, nice. I've known That's really amazing. since back in the days. Yeah, yeah. I, I want to take a, th- this is really very fascinating, but I want to take a small kind of sidestep from, from the music itself now, because I think a lot of the people have a kind of perhaps quite stereotypical idea of Brazil. I mean, even we haven't visited Brazil yet, I want to say. And, and um, but but it's kind of thought about as this like, you know, samba and, and, and footballers and, and then they have favelas and whatever. And it's kind of like beaches and, 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 and things of this nature. But what is what, is, what how would you describe like Brazil? Is that do you think that the, the public idea uh, of, 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 of Brazil, is it is it truthful or how how is your Brazil? Is it, uh, is it the same as, as as the one that we might see in some some no, videos? No, or not or at all. Whatever, uh, because. When they think of Brazil, they think of uh, samba beaches and favelas because that's the image that they want to sell. That's what is attractive to people. But we kind of have, since I've been able to travel because of music, we have a, a kind of a New York vibe here in Sao Paulo. Brazil is huge. That's the first thing. I don't I don't know half of it. Half. I've been able to play around like to play shows around Brazil, but I don't know half of it. And we have the New York vibe in Sao Paulo. We have kind of a Miami vibe in in Rio. We don't have an LA vibe per se, but we have a lot of it's multicultural. Like the north, I've never been there, and it's way different. Where the Amazon is, around the Amazon, there's a lot of stuff that is is so so them that it feels like it's another country, but it's us as well. Hey, they come down here to São Paulo, and the south is closer to Uruguay, so they're kind of similar to Uruguay. We have a lot of frontiers, so um, Argentina, Paraguay, Uruguay, Venezuela, a lot of places touching Brazil that they merge on the on the the frontiers. So yeah, there's a lot to to know about Brazil that people don't know, and I still have to know more about Brazil because I've been in São Paulo, so. Sao Paulo people doesn't have to go somewhere to make it. So when uh, since when when we make it, we go somewhere. We don't have to go somewhere to make it. So we kind of stay here. And I have to explore more and know more about Brazil. I, I'm aware of um, that. <laughs> yes, and I was gonna say since you rap primarily in Portuguese. 
you probably tell the story of your Brazil. What is the content of your message? Because for us, it's quite intriguing because on the outside looking in, we receive your music. But since we don't speak or understand Portuguese, it's very interesting to us to know what is your core message? What is the content of your message? Yeah, um, one thing that I noticed when I started to understand the lyrics is that sometimes people took me to their place and I saw similarities with the place that I live in. So when we hear New York State of Mind, we think of Nas, New York. And I think I can relate to that in a sense, in a level, but on the Brazil way and the, the Sao Paulo way. But there are people that only talk, uh, they talk about uh, them, not really their environment and all that, like describing or pointing fingers and like spreading like like PE. PE is a, a, a huge influence because of the their words and and all that. But people talk talk about themselves, so I'm kind, I'm more into that message. Like the way I live, uh, how I see things, and I try to speak from experience. So someone that relates to that, regardless of the place that they're in, they can take something out of it. It's not like this is the way that you got to do, and you got to do this, and you got to do that, and this is the place that I live in. Some people that live in the same place as I live, they'll say, yeah, that's it. And what else? What can we do? So I said, I'm doing this. So, yeah, I think I can do that as well. Or I live like this. Oh, I live like this too. And I, ha I, uh, I live the same situation. And I can try your way to get out of that situation. So that is my message. I don't have like a, a, a straight message like this is what I talk about in my music. So I talk about my life. Your, li your life is your message. Yeah. Like Gandhi. <laughs> yeah. Sometimes it's, it's, it's not it's that interesting, interesting well, but, but some people relate to it. <laughs> no, no, I, I think it is. <laughs> I, I think it's a I, I think it's a it's, it's an interesting it's an interesting idea that uh, that you know you can kind of like relate to something in a very specific way so if you are from that city or like if you're listening to music from London if that's where you're from then you can say oh I know that street corner uh -huh. whatever or New York or, or or Sao Paulo or Helsinki where we are but uh, but at the same time you can just kind of like take something there that matches your experience or that it makes you feel like something and then you can kind of like pick and mix uh, the kind of things that that what it what is the meaning to you? It that, it's not necessarily the meaning that it was intended, but it's something that yeah, what it means yeah. to you. Yes. I, I, I sample it. Mm. Yes, yeah, that's a, that's a very that's a very nice nice way of doing it. Nice way of putting it. So so we were uh, we 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 were watching uh, some time ago the uh, from Netflix the documentary about MSC that that thing that that was there. And I know that he's somebody who you have been you know he's he's uh, well you can you can you can tell more about him to the people who don't know. But he's it's quite a big deal, of course, uh, also in in the Brazilian scene. But what I what what was so fascinating is that because and I never really thought about it much, but Brazil has got such a huge, huge musical legacy, and there's you know samba, and there's bossa nova, and there's various different kind of things, and how he had been like combining them in the music. Do you feel like 
you know, and not necessarily that specific example, but do you think that Brazilian hip hop is specifically Brazilian? Of course, there are many different, there's not one way of being Brazilian and there's not one way of Brazilian hip hop and rap to be, but do you think that the Brazilian-ness can be heard from the Brazilian music? I think more in the lyrics sometimes. Uh, we, I was talking to a friend, uh, an American friend about Brazilian samples that I didn't even knew about before like Kate Tornada sampled them or Mad Lib. We can listen to the Brazilianness, like the, the Brazilian way of, of making our hip hop because I think Chuck D said that Brazil had a way to preserve something that was way lost in the US. And like since we learned from from primarily Public Enemy and the NWA in our beginning, not not the beginning, but it was it was something that influenced us a lot. We still pre- preserve it, but we have our way to, of doing it. Like we get into hip hop samples, like MEC the he searches for the next sound, but the the way back sound as well. So on that documentary and, and the show, a friend of uh, a friend of ours, Felipe Shoku. He was the the researcher for all the, the historical historical facts, and that place where he performed, it was not like we were not able to to just get to that place and and see a hip hop show. He was the first one. That was when I went to that show. It was my second time there because the first one was a listening party for Sabotage. That is a rapper that we lost like. Nineteen uh, years ago, oh three, and I I passed through that that building all the time because I skateboard around there. The record shops are around there. It's it's downtown São Paulo, but we were not able to to get to that place. And he took the risk to take us there. And it's like MEC is is a is a friend, the booking agent agency that I I told you about. He owns them. Laboratory Fantasma is their label and the, the booking uh, office. And he's a friend that that came. I saw he him like get into places. I met him back in oh five oh four oh five, and I took him places. I know that. I know that as a fact. Like I took him to to the the big shows I had and like Digital Underground uh, did with Tupac. I did that with him. And yeah. we're still together. And I I see me when I see him on the screen, when I see him on a, uh, the cover of GQ or on a, the talk show that he's like kind of hosting uh, uh, weekly in, some, in Brazil. Wow. But the Brazilianness, That's beautiful. The, the Brazilianness, it's in our way of of saying stuff, in the stuff that we see, not just in the music, not just because we can't like really sample our music. We don't have access to musicians and can't afford musicians, so we're still a lot of us still like making it the the, the old fashioned way, like samples and all, all that. We know some musicians that that grew up listening to hip-hop and we can try to incorporate them now to our music but it's kind of becoming a, a usual to us 
And let me see that since he he gained a, a little more power, so he can do that. Like he can bring Marcus Valley to a song. People are sampling Marcus Valley, but Marcus Valley is still alive. So he went to Marcus Valley and got him to to play with him. And and how 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 did you feel? How did you feel like if you are you are kind of like his like older brother figure in a, in a way that you you were you were taking him around and 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 now he's been. You know, doing all these different things and 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 also internationally, uh, been featured in 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 a few different places. Uh, is is that is is it? Uh, it's like a proud thing for you to see that happening, or or how are you feeling? I'm proud. I'm I'm really proud. I see him going places that I wouldn't, and I'm I'm proud of him for that. Because some places I wouldn't go. And some places I thought I couldn't reach, and I'm proud of him, regardless, because I saw where he came from, and where he's at now. So I'm definitely proud. When we were like, like, fifteen uh, years ago, I was telling them like a like a coach, like, when you're there, we are there. You are us there. That's a phrase that we coined. Like I told them, and they still carry it because uh, Hashid is also a big name here. That is always with him on places, and we're also on the same booking agency. And when I see him doing big stuff, I'm like, yeah, I'm there. That's me yeah. there. That's beautiful. We, we in South Africa, we've got this philosophy or principle which is called. Ubuntu. I don't know if you've heard about it. I heard it's about like it because of Emisida. Of Ubuntu. Yes, yes, exactly. So as you speak, I recognize the spirit of Ubuntu, which essentially says I am because you are. You are. And you said that you see yourself in his journey and and you see yourself when you see him do the things that he does i thought that's so interesting because although we live like far apart geographically speaking the principles are not too dissimilar because we subscribe to ubuntu just like buddhism subscribes to interbeingness you know it's a term that emisida tried to bring to the public the general public so he he wrote that through shirts and through all his stuff and he explained the meaning of it so i coined that phrase way before he knew about ubuntu but i think when he found out found out about it he was like yeah that was that's that was he was saying yeah exactly <laughs> <laughs> How 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 is it, how is it? It's also also interesting thing. And, and now 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 that that we're kind of making the connection also between Brazil and the African continent and that. But you are there in the uh, amongst the um, Spanish speaking people in the in the South America. The other countries are are, are, are Spanish speaking, and then you have these other Portuguese speaking countries, for instance, like uh, Mozambique or Angola, so and so forth, of course, Portugal itself. Do you have like uh, specific connections to those places? Are there uh, of, of uh, interest or do you collaborate with people from these places? Uh, is that, How is it working with the language or is it something that that, that language is sort of like a, not that central thing? Uh, it's so crazy that the Portuguese that we speak here 
is so far apart from Portugal <laughs> and Mozambique and Angola. It's crazy. But it's, uh, of course, it's similar, but it, we sometimes we think like we are not speaking the same language. I've been to mm -hmm. Portugal uh, 2018. That was my first time there. And I love the people, the hip hop people in Portugal. The place, I was like, yeah, I see where they got, like, they try to bring Portugal to Brazil. <laughs> when you go to Bahia, when you go to Salvador, you see exactly that they wanted to feel home, feel at home in Brazil. So they built. You just saw history. Yeah, they built stuff the same way that is in Portugal. How did that make you feel? Weird. <laughs> <laughs> Don't I know it? <laughs> it does sound it sound it does sound very South African uh, experience as well. I mean, I also have lived there for I know. for for a couple of years, so so it does sound exactly precisely how it would be there. Yeah, and, but when you first came to South Africa, or at least to the small town where my mom lives, mm. you were like, "Hmm, it looks very colonial." <laughs> yeah. But uh, the people there, That's the I, case. I, can, I can relate to them. And like, I want to collaborate with more people from Portugal since I, the, one of my main inspirations in Portuguese is a guy named Sam the Kid. That is the biggest act yeah. in yeah. Portugal. We connected, we're trying to build stuff together. But I have also uh, connections in, I, I know I have fans in Angola. And I recently released a, a song with a, a, an MC named uh, CF Kappa, like CFK. Okay. Yeah. And we're trying to, to build more. Like, I have some connections in Mozambique as well. And I want to get there. I want to get to Angola. I want to get to Mozambique and try to, to build way more with the people there. But I know they're aware of what we do here in Brazil. And... We are connected. There's a guy named DJ Kaiki. He worked with some guys from Angola. I was, that that is crazy. When I was in Portugal, mm -hmm. I was like in a place like looking for the sunset, looking to the sunset, just seeing the sunset. My friend was, my, my cousin was showing me the place and said, yeah, the sunset here is so beautiful. And a guy approached us to sell stuff. And he was like, yeah. Mm -hmm. I figure out yo, you're Brazilian and music here and da 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 and I do this and da 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 da. I was like, yeah, do you know? And he started to state his facts about rapping in Brazil, and I was like, huh? And he was like wrong in a lot of them. <laughs> and I said, yeah, yeah, that that was not it. That was not it. That that was not the year. Then he asked my uh, he asked my cousin's name. Then he asked my asked me my name, and I said Kamal, and I said, Kamal, yo, you're the shit. <laughs> like, <laughs> but you gotta work on video videos, man. Because if I knew you more from the videos, I would recognize you right on the spot. <laughs> but you don't have you don't put your face out there that much. He was from Cabo Verde. Okay. Yes, yes, yes. And it was That's weird it. that he knew stuff about me, but he didn't know it was me. Yeah. 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 
<laughs> That's a good note, right? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Of did, course. Did, did you change? Did you change how you do videos after that? <laughs> kind of. <laughs> I bought more cameras. That was a powerful moment then. Yeah. Yeah. And it, it was. It, it became a joke. Us. It became a joke even with my dad. Like he said, the way he said it, he was like, "Tu es fudid," and my my dad, he like, "Come on, tu es fudid," every time. <laughs> it's like a catchphrase. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I, I was like thinking about the language factor because I am from South Africa and we have 11 official languages. So most of our expression in our own indigenous languages is going to be quite diverse. But for you, being a person who performs primarily in Portuguese, how is your work received in non-Portuguese speaking spaces? Read English spaces. Yeah, the first time I performed outside of Brazil, it was Barcelona. And we were sold to the festival as a Brazilian act. Not, a, not really a hip-hop act, but a, a Brazilian act with a hip-hop feel. So <laughs> they, we had a, a full band with percussion and guitar and, and drums and all that. And I was like a member of the band. So it was well, well received because of the package. When I got mm. to my second trip outside of Brazil, it was France. And I've been speaking English since I was 13. So I'm comfortable with English. I'm like, like really comfortable when I'm like, sometimes not that comfortable sometimes, but I'm comfortable. But in Paris, they told me, don't speak English. They don't like it. Ah. They don't, they, they, they'd rather uh, get you speaking Portuguese or trying to speak wrong French than approaching them in English because no no that's not we that's not what we do people told me that so I was like yeah, yeah. let me try to learn a, a phrase or two in French and throw that in the show mm -hmm. so when I did that I got the crowd nice. nice and they got the vibe the whole vibe way more than in, in Spain because mm -hmm. in Spain it was a big festival in in Paris it was a smaller one but we were the only show that night so we were not like lost in the crowd and in the mix and when i throw i threw that phrase like before a song Connection. that i have they were like yeah they approached me speaking french like yeah, blah, 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 blah. i said I, I, <laughs> <laughs> there are limits you know yeah, <laughs> oh you read us speak english i said yeah and we started speaking english and there we were talking But, but you didn't lead with English. Yeah, but uh, I never really performed in a place where they speak mainly. No, no, yeah, I, I did shows in London. I forgot about it. But uh, in London, we were also part of a, of a kind of a festival. We had a, a show with uh, English acts and Brazilian acts. And the main, the main event was Seu Jorge. So it's a bigger name and straight samba. So we were like in the mix, but they, I think they, they feel the vibe of it. Sometimes they ask me what I'm, I'm talking about. Like I have a, a 
every Friday we have a meeting that is called Session In with uh, a lot of producers from around the world. And every time they hear my my stuff, they're like, yeah, I don't know what the hell you're saying, but it sounds good. And they ask me, what are you talking about? So I think it, it translates in a sense. It makes it makes me yes, yes. it makes it makes them feel like I felt when I first heard rapping in English because it made me want to know and it, and it spoke to you yeah it made me want to know it spoke to me but I didn't understand that first so it made me want to know if they ask me what I'm saying so I made them want to know what I'm saying yeah so I spoke yeah. absolutely I spoke to him to him in a sense. Mm. It's it's like we are we are of course in PEPR what we're doing we've been playing music in so many different languages and of course I mean it's very limited amount of languages that we can realistically speak or understand uh, and we are all the time playing music that we don't understand and 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 sometimes people are like asking how do you know what they're saying and then but you you just feel it like and and uh, and and sometimes they can be that maybe you are even experiencing like you like we were talking about it how you put your own meaning to it and you, to you it means something else and maybe you are completely misunderstanding the uh-huh. whole thing and it might be like a terrible violent song but you are like no this is such a feel good song <laughs> but the thing is that that uh, but you still like feel like that's the crazy like thing that about Fuji's, that, that like that you Fuji's kind interlude. of get the idea the Fuji's interlude huh? where I think White Clef is singing, na na na, motherfucker, and I said, yeah, it's so nice. <laughs> Sounds so beautiful, <laughs> no? <laughs> like D'Angelo has a, a song that's named "Shit Them Motherfucker," and some people that don't understand at all, they're like, yeah, yeah. <laughs> just singing. <laughs> hey, they say when words fail, music speaks. So I think there is a language, there's resonance. We just respond to what resonates. So because music is vibration, it connects when it connects. So yeah, it makes sense. Otherwise, we couldn't do PEPR because we'd be limited to only the languages that you and I know Mm. and not the languages that exist in the world. And, And it also has to be said that sometimes, especially when you talk about the more sort of mainstream stuff is that you wish you didn't understand the yeah. lyrics that you, you <laughs> that it would be better if you could just enjoy the music without knowing what kind of foolishness back it in, is about back in the day when I started learning more and I knew a, a little bit more than my friends and they were like what is uh, NWA saying what is uh, Wu-Tang <laughs> saying and sometimes it doesn't even make sense so like, yeah. and I was trying to explain them I was like yeah, yeah it's just like They're just rapping. It's not entertainment. Yeah, okay. That that was my way of yeah. explaining them. Just feel it. Just feel yeah, it. feel it. Go, like go with there, the there's two songs that I remember that when it plays in Brazil, is like I, I'll look around and I'm like, damn, I wish you understood what you're singing about. There is that uh, the the this one is a good one. The Destiny Child song, Independent Women, because. All the men with the, the hands up, like all the women in the And the other one is that big pun song. Hey, maybe they are progressive men. Yeah, yeah. I, I wish. <laughs> It's not like they're throwing their hands up in the club and like doing bad stuff outside of the club. And the other one that is a the weirdest yeah. one. It doesn't happen that much now. I think it happens now, but they, they're kind of aware of it. But that big pun song, my dick, 
my dick, my dick, my dick, my dick, and uh, the girls all singing it. Dear God. Yeah. <laughs> it reminds me. It it reminds me of 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 when I was young young and there was like uh, some slow dancing in some in bar or wherever and and they were playing the the Celine Dion song that the man man was very passionately singing to to his girlfriend that I'm your lady and you are my man and it's just a very you know <laughs> I mean I don't I mean these days you know you have a lot more sort of like a gray areas but I there think at the time they were not that much ahead of their exist. time yeah. yeah 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 but language language matters but I think because we're dealing with music which is a language and it's own and hip-hop which is music in its own way it kind of is received in a way that the receiver interprets subjectively and therefore it never is a problem i don't think the the, the language is a thing that will stop you from listening to something yeah. beautiful something that moves Sometimes you it should, at least it hasn't stopped us hmm. Yeah. And about your latest EP, Iso, can we talk a little bit about yeah, that? Yeah, I-, I didn't get to look up Iso. What does Iso mean? Iso is it. It? Yeah. Nice. This. We translate Iso as <laughs> it or this. And the name of the, the duo that I have with my friend is Skit. Skit is the like the bridge between songs. They kind of mm-hmm. like clear your mind from the the previous one and prepare you for the next one or uh, yes. connects them. And we are individual acts. We are solo acts, but we we work in the same place. And his name is Slim and my mine is Kamal. So S-K-It. It's just it. Oh. <laughs> that's what I, that's how I came up with is. the name. And Iso is just yeah. that. Like we, What we have now is this. So listen to it. this, get this, yeah. <laughs> understand this, nice. feel this. That's why we got the name. Okay, and how long has it been out there? It's quite, it's quite a recent release, that one. Yeah, since January 21st. Okay, so as we are recording, it's a couple of weeks, couple yeah. of weeks. And, and is it, how, how, how is it working in Brazil? Are there radio stations that are playing uh, hip hop? Or are there radio stations that are? Is it uh, is it more like a pop stations or mainstream stations or or or, 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 or what kind of a radio scene do you have? Is, is there is is radio still relevant in uh, in in Sao Paulo in Brazil more in general? Radio is still relevant because they get to people without them looking for it. Like you just turn on the radio and the music gets to you. But uh, me personally, I don't like go and try to listen to something on the radio anymore because I'm in the studio every day. So I'm like listening to my music, the music that I'm sampling, the music that I I like and I want to use as a reference. So I'm surrounded by music and people have like songs on their, their cell phones and, but radio still speaks volumes when it comes to music and, and the people. So there's there are some friends that are playing on the radio on the pop radios and they still have that that payola happening and like record labels still have a big chunk of that market. But I think we have some some radio shows that still love the good music and not because they play my music but they play music that I like and they reach 
reach out to me and say, do you have anything new? Do you have something that I can play? I love your, your stuff. And we have like some community radios. We don't have like college radios and all that. But we have some community radios that uh, have a, a smaller reach, but still play rap music. We had uh, kind of pirate radios back in the day, and they most of them died out. But we sometimes we get space on the radio. Nowadays, hip hop is kind of more on the radio, but our our version of country music is dominating airwaves like it's everywhere really <laughs> like a brazilian country music yeah <laughs> oh wow okay i didn't see that coming yeah i've only i've only you know been like aware i can translate is country music it's not really country but they look up to the country music from the u.s and yeah. and it's our way of doing it like it's so it's pop music but in a in a on boots and <laughs> and belt and, and in a hats. country kind of way. <laughs> <laughs> okay, <laughs> okay. I, I I've been just aware of the. Uh, is, I think I think uh, do, do you call it funk? The kind of baile funk or, yeah, or what, yeah. what is funk, it called? The funk is related to this kind of country music now because funk is getting a lot of airwaves and like uh, Anita is a big name, but there are some other names. Trap is close to funk now, so trap is also being merged into that that melting pot that is like trap that is a more not dangerous hip hop to them. Oh, like okay. it's oh, okay. a not dangerous version of hip hop. Like a dominated version. Like, yeah, okay, <laughs> so we can play that. We can curse and we can merge that with the funk with the the country and with the the funk and we can try because the bpms are similar and mm. the they try to get the same uh subjects around the music so uh my girl left me i have money and shake shake the butt <laughs> all in the same <laughs> How do you see the future of Brazilian hip hop? Do you think that it's it is it like going to maybe merge more into the, the the way that things things are everywhere, or does it have an identity of its own? Of course, now whenever we're talking about things like this, we have to uh, accept that there's many different types. There's not one Brazilian hip hop. Yeah. Uh, there's many different types of th- types of it. But but how how do you see uh, the future for the the hip hop scene or uh, in, in there? Broadly speaking, we're getting stronger, for sure. Uh, we here had a, a a time where we were totally hooked to the industry, and there was those small labels that exploited the artists and still have their catalog. Kind of like what happened in a lot of places, even with uh, Dayline, Tommy Boy, and all that, and. People still have like trouble with the uh, rockers or who else, Baby Grande or. But we, uh, uh, since my my generation took uh, the power on our own hands and we started to do stuff on our own, and people that learned from us, they started to do things with their on their own, and the labels got interest into it, and so the labels are kind of working for them. And after that, 
people got back in to, back to signing uh, signing to labels. So it's going back to the way it w it were before, but with uh, a different approach. I think hip hop in Brazil will get stronger because we are more uh, on a professional level now. Even the people that work independent, they're getting to a professional level. And even me that don't know how to promote myself, I'm way more professional than I was when I was 21. So I work in a professional level by myself. People are working on a professional level and they're becoming like their own brand. And the brands are working. Some, some of them still are... I still think that the subject matter is important. Some of them think the numbers are important. And I think we have a good path ahead of us. And we're getting there stronger than we were before. Because some of the, uh, this trend will die down, but the core will remain. Like, a lot of people from my generation, they, they stepped out. And they're looking from, from afar and saying, yeah, that stuff is corny. I did that back in the day and da-da-da. But they're not into it anymore because they have some other stuff to do with their life and some family stuff to deal with. But some of us are resistant because we do what, I think, what we think is the true school. So yeah. the true school still remains. The true school still learning and teaching. Absolutely, absolutely. And how would you describe yourself to somebody who is, for instance, perhaps listening to this for the first time or hearing from you for the first time? What kind of hip-hop artist would you describe yourself as? That's hard. That's a hard question. Uh, I'm a humble but true one. Uh, I try to remain close to my truth as much as possible. And... It's not that I don't want to explore or reach and achieve other places, but I stay true to my roots, to what what uh, my 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 teachers taught me, and try to to pass that to the next generation, because I think it's I think it's in it's in our blood, really. It's in, like, we came from a, uh, the same place. So that's how we learned to, to do stuff. This has been Planet Earth, Planet Drop Production, PEPR, the virtual world tour conversation series. We are powered by RapStation.com and RSTV app, which you can find and download from www.rstvapp.com. You can also follow us on Twitter and Instagram as at PEPR Radio.